0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we sat down with Trevor McNaughton and Katie Rinkovich. But before we get into the conversation, we have two sponsors we want to thank for making this episode possible.
1: First up, as always, Dropbox. Dropbox is all about supporting the design community and helping other people work together more efficiently, better, with less frustration. And so they, they just remove a bunch of that frustration from the mix and that frustration being sharing the files. They make it so easy to sync across multiple computers, multiple people, multiple teams. It, it's the best. I say that all the time, but I'm not joking. Dropbox has made my life much simpler. I use it to like, store all my dot .files. I use it to store all my app files. I use it to store pretty much everything. Like, And I can set up a new computer from scratch with just internet, no problem. Like, And it's ready to go in like an hour, which is incredible. Most of you know that that takes a long time. Dropbox has all these really cool tools for sharing files. You can upload a file, send a large file as a link to someone else, and they can view it in the web, comment on it, everything, without having to download like a massive thing, right? Like that's the worst. You can also use version history, which has saved my ass a million times. That previous versions tool, oh, so good. It's not built in the Mac. I don't know why, but Dropbox has you covered anyway. So just use Dropbox. They make tons of other tools that we use. Uh, mailbox they make hackpad they make all these awesome tools that are just built around collaboration and that's
0: pretty freaking cool
1: to learn more go to dropbox.com thank you once again to dropbox
0: also thank you once again to icon finder icon finder is the largest source of premium icons on the web they have over six hundred thirty thousand icons in their library they're adding tens of thousands more every month on track for a million by next year if you need icons this is the place to get them they have over 11,000 icon sets coming from designers around the world. Some of these designers we've heard are making four to $5,000 a month by submitting their icons. So if you are an icon designer, you should be submitting your icons to Icon Finder. If you just need icons for your design project though, go to iconfinder.com. You can search across categories, even styles of icons. If you need outlined icons, flat, photorealistic, or 3D, you can just search for it. If you sign up for Icon Finder Pro, which is their monthly subscription service. You get access to all 630,000 plus icons. They're licensed for commercial projects, so they're perfect for freelancers. And one of our favorite things is that 70% of your monthly subscription goes right back to the original icon designers. By signing up, you are directly supporting the design community and getting access to an incredible library of icons that are gonna work in every software you're using, whether that's Sketch, Photoshop, or Illustrator, or straight on the web. To learn more, go to IconFinder.com, sign up for IconFinder Pro, and if you use the promo code DESIGNDETAILS, that will tell them that we sent you and get you 50% off your first month of IconFinder Pro. Thank you so much once again to IconFinder.
1: With that, let's get to episode 68 with Katie Rinkovich and Trevor McNaughton.
0: I'm Trevor.
2: I'm a product designer at Braintree. Braintree is payments processing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We basically make it pretty easy for you as a developer to integrate payments into your app or website
1: do you in fact own a more person-facing company
2: so there's two now braintree bought venmo a few years ago okay they're peer-to-peer
1: payments that's a very well known company it might be well i mean everyone has to
2: publicize their payments so (laughs) they have to have to well it's really well
3: known in the tech industry right
2: my dad uses it so
0: there you go that's cool
2: and what's the other company uh modest so we oh, yeah, we just acquired we recently
0: acquired Modest and what's Modest?
2: They are a commerce platform. Meaning? Meaning they they basically like let you set up a shop, sell things really easily. They also let you embed a iOS SDK into your app or just launch an app on your own to sell things without having to really code anything. It's kind of like WYSIWYG app deployment.
0: Cool. How long have you been there? Uh,
2: just. Two years now. Just nice. two years. He's a brain just tree. Just hit my baby. two year anniversary.
1: Nice. Yeah. But you just moved here from Chicago.
2: So I moved here in January from I Chicago to help build a design team for the Braintree San Francisco office.
1: How's that going for you? How's the Braintree? It's going on? well. Uh we the Braintree.
2: There's now two designers here, including myself. It's a
1: small team.
0: Why was that decision made to build a design team here?
2: We have an office here. In San Francisco. Um, Like two
0: blocks away from where we're recording.
2: Yes. About that distance away. And we have a product team here. We have accounts and some business people here, uh, but no design representation. Uh, So we were kind of remotely working with the product teams out in San Francisco, and uh, it made sense to start to build a small local team. We being in the Chicago office. We being in the Chicago office, How many...
1: Braintree designers are their total 14
2: and there's two here and there's two here. So there's 12 in Chicago.
0: Have you guys encountered any issues so far with that? Like communications or what kind of at projects first, you're working on?
2: Uh, projects? No. At first communication was a little different. Uh, we all use Slack. So uh, it was really easy to talk to everybody. The time difference was a little weird to get used to because basically at about 3 p.m. here, everyone signs off. So it's kind of nice in some ways because it gets really quiet and no meetings either. No, Uh, that's great. Well, not as many meetings. But as far as like communicating with the design team, we have weekly show and tells and we talk all the time and I don't know. It wasn't really that big of a deal. It was more figuring out how to better communicate. Sure. So.
0: Cool.
3: I'm Katie Rinkovich. I work at Optimizely as a product designer Optimizely is an A-B testing platform for web, iOS, and Android. Um, And what that means is that it splits your traffic. So if you had a hypothesis that all the people in California might like dogs over cats, you could show half the percentage of California, the dog picture in your hero image on your homepage, or the cat picture, and actually measure... Perhaps how many people signed up. So it's based like off that.
0: A non techy easy way to implement A B testing into your product.
3: We basically are your A B testing platform. So a lot of companies build out A B testing a whole team and we can replace that for you. Right. So you could be a small to enterprise level company. But we are very powerful
0: i would love to hear <laughs>
3: <that>. <laughs> we're pretty
0: freaking powerful <laughs> yeah
3: we can replace that team for you so it's a much that's cheaper awesome. or start than or start being. that
2: team too in
3: uh-huh. some
1: ways you could have French engineers yeah
2: well i mean like we don't have an a-b testing or an experimenting team
3: so you should use optimizely
0: hey, I'm so, just working so i'm on sure it. a brain
1: you
3: tree could, it's more should. like just like yeah
1: brain pole, it's or that you get the brain or the tree brain trunk
0: so, I'm familiar with A B testing and I'm familiar with payments processing. Uh, surprise, I work on peer to peer payments, in case you didn't know that, Trevor. Um, you guys are fighting. I just, I just, I, just did match. Oh, match. I didn't know that. How, so now you know. What's how do we, this guy how doing? Do we match this? <laughs> <laughs> how
3: do we diff
2: match this? So he works on
1: messenger money. That's the actual technical name,
0: TM. So like text um, messaging? Not the technical, not, no. So Is like
3: magic?
0: Like Facebook Messenger, Magic. But I can
3: text you anything I want. It's Magic the card
0: game. <laughs> you know, you use Facebook Messenger.
3: <laughs> I do.
0: So you can send people money in that.
3: Oh yeah, 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 so yeah. That's what I've
0: started working on. You guys have a really unique market in that most of your people
1: are developers. That's a pretty yeah. crazy thing. That's a not, not normal. normal. It's it
2: isn't normal. You guys have users that are good. <laughs> well, <laughs> good yeah. at computers. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't really know that like quantitatively. I actually work on developer experience, okay. so I work on. It's like a really loaded term for almost everything that Braintree does. Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, but more like tangibly is uh, documentation, um, our sandbox product, any I guess like any touch point that a developer might need, or any uh, yeah like any touch point of their experience when integrating, and then using it afterwards as well.
0: What do you feel like are the, the hardest parts of designing for that audience? Or the best parts?
2: I mean, it's interesting because I can empathize pretty well. I, I think like all of our designers are, are kind of developers as well. Uh, so it's it's kind of like we're building for ourselves in some ways. Um, and that's exciting. And
0: Is the fact that all the designers also being able to develop, was that like, a strategic move on the hiring process or did it just end up like that, that the people on the design team also happened to know to code?
2: It was kind of a, uh, filling the gaps in a sense when we started, like the design team is pretty young, not in age, but in actual like company history. Mm -hmm. Uh, the company is about seven years old and then our design team has only been around for, I think like three ish years. Uh, so it came kind of out of necessity we needed to know how to build stuff we had to ship and deploy stuff i mean it's like it was pretty startupy you know cool. um and we kind of just like kept that going because it was working uh and we do have like a front-end engineering team uh and they're mostly working on sdks and apis so a lot of like more in the weed stuff and they do help on kind of like building out the apps and i mean they do they do all of that stuff uh and our designers kind of do more of like the presentational
0: side of that. Okay. Um, and we all enjoy it. too. So as you're, <laughs> as you're building the design team here, is that a requirement like on the checklist of things you look for? Yeah. Or are you guys? Okay, it is. Yeah. Has that been a challenge?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a good challenge too. It's good to know. I think, I think we, we know what we, what we need. Uh, and it's, it's been helpful in that way. I mean, it's not like we're not hiring really fast and we're not expecting to hire really fast. So there's not a ton of pressure in that sense, but it's, yeah, it is a, it is at, at this point, a pretty hard requirement.
0: Yeah. Okay. And over to you, Katie, what are like some of the big product challenges that you think about day to day
3: for developers or uh, for
0: Optimizely? Like what are, what, when you go to work, what are the big things that you're working on?
3: Yeah, so actually what's interesting about this conversation is because um, we currently sort of have two platforms, right? One is for web, one is our mobile product, which is iOS and Android, and I began it Optimizely on web, which is actually geared more for marketers, and our iOS and Android product is for developers. I started working on mobile about eight months ago, so I've really had to learn a lot about mobile development. It's very interesting because developers, it can be a little grittier, right? There can be a little bit longer of docs, you can ask them to do a little bit more. Um, But uh, probably one of our our biggest things with mobile right now is when there's a large company that's running A-B tests, uh, a lot of times It'll be PMs and developers working together. And how do you allow PMs and developers to communicate with each other within Optimizely? So a PM's like, all right, you know, we have these goals. We want to run these tests. Developers like, all right, I'm going to go do it. And then they're trying to set up like the experiment together and... They think they have this idea of like what this experiment is doing, and it's very hard for them to communicate within their own company. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of my hardest challenges: is like how do I allow these people to explain to each other what they're doing with this experiment? Um, so, for example, one of the things that Optimizely allows you to do is create for the mobile is uh, create variables and code blocks. So say you wanted to test two different sign-up flows, Mm -hmm. Um, you could create two different code blocks for those things. And then if you're at a large company, your developer might go set up those code blocks for you. And uh, as a PM or Mark, no, not really Mark, as a PM, you might go implement that experiment. So your developer's like, all right, those code blocks are ready to go. And you're like, all right, I'm PM. I'm going to go like set up this experiment. And you go in that's and you're I like,
0: that's what I say as a PM. It's like, all <laughs> right, I'm PM. <laughs> Waving <laughs> <in> my <laughs> arms all around. I'm going to do this.
3: <laughs> and, uh, and you get there and you're like, all right, I have no idea what, what I'm supposed to set these to. Right. So, um, I think that's a really big challenge is like allowing people to communicate with and optimizely.
0: It's interesting too. Maybe I'm, misunderstanding this but the way i see optimizely is like also helping designers make better decisions right so you talked about you're you're dealing with developers and pms but is there a third portion of this where you're helping the designers be better informed about their decisions yes don't shoehorn it brian
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i definitely think uh designers are a huge part of this so um again i'm gonna um, say that for web, it's mostly marketers working mm-hmm. on marketing pages. Sure. Um, but for app development, it is it it for any of these things, it takes a whole team, right? So if you're going to run a test using Optimizely, you are like, all right, we're going to test this, and then you have your designer and your developers involved. So you're like, all right, we have this hypothesis that we want to do, do this and we want to try to improve this. And we think if we do this, it'll happen. And then usually people will go to their designers and the designers will be like, all right, let's like do this and this. Um, these are two variations or three variations or whatever. And then their developer will implement it and then someone will set up the experiment. So yeah, designers have a heavy role.
1: It's around organization, not presentation mm-hmm. in the traditional like visual sense, right? Like, yeah. A lot of his command line tools. A lot of it is on, on your wallet BrainTree. It's this MV dollar dollar dollar. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, it's a pretty good indicator of where your like mindset is. It's not so much about like the, the marketing. It's more about the company culture. Yeah. How how does that factor in? Like when you're building tools for developers that really like it's not visual. It's, it's, it's a lot of listening. It's, <laughs> it's like brain things.
2: There we go again. <laughs>
1: I think it's I mean it's a lot of listening
2: like I was saying it's uh making sure that you're on top of GitHub. I mean, it's making sure you're on top of all of like the inbound sources. Uh and we try to be an op- as open as possible with like listening and soliciting feedback. Um either with like betas or just like, you know, do our docs suck? Tell us how they suck and we'll
0: try and fix them. Uh and a lot of that <laughs> is just is feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, it's Sorry just, about that, our
3: docs, we're trying That seems like an better.
0: exercise in Information architecture and Copywriting Essentially, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: I mean if you think about Documentation, it's just like, it's an instruction Manual, right? If it's not clear Then you can't do the thing Like you want, you come into like our documentation For example, you have a problem And you want a solution And you read this thing And you implement, hopefully a solution yeah. If you can't do that, then something's wrong Yeah, and most likely on our end.
3: And I feel like a lot of um, my designs with the mobile team, which is where we have a lot of developers, is uh, like this balance between like how much in product education do you show, and uh, how much you tell them, how much you lead them to developer docs. Like how, like you want to show like this much, and then you're like, all right, to learn more, go here. And there's like a fine balance between showing too much and like showing not enough.
0: How do you know, no, I can, how I do you can know can which to that too? side of the balance you're on? Like whether you're giving too much information in product versus not enough.
2: So I know from like kind of more of the marketing angle, like our current marketing site is pretty developer heavy. Uh, and we've gotten a lot of feedback from that as being a little like alienating in some ways. Like someone who's starting a business, for example, might not be super technical, but they need to accept payments. And if we're just showing code to them, they're going to be like, uh, what do I, what do I do with this? Right. Right. So you need to show enough to like help them understand that, yes, you probably need a developer to do this, but also show enough to that developer that's doing research to get them interested.
0: Right. You have to like... like both demonstrate your approachability at the same right. time as your competency. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine, yeah. It's a fine line. <laughs> it is a really fine line. If you do too much, you're like, what the fuck, X? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And
1: and if, you
2: if you, you don't
3: like, do enough developers, are like, nope, this is a right. toy. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. done some usability testing in the past and people that aren't, they're business owners, for example, that aren't developers.
1: They're just like, this is gibberish to me. I don't understand what this is. So you work on the mobile team. This is one of the things that stands out to me. Is like you work on a mobile team. Do you actually build mobile apps?
3: We do not. As a company, no, no, we do not.
1: So so what is it that you do for mobile?
3: We allow them to A B test there. So lots apps. of
1: Xcodey stuff?
3: Um yes. Yeah, so um we cut a lot of SDKs so you have to install your SDK within your app. Mm-hmm. Um so we're Android and iOS, so Xcode and Android Studio. We do have a demo app that we use to test stuff out. We are conspiring to create our own app just so we can dog food it, but at the moment we just have some like things that we've made on the side just to test stuff. So I'm actually designing user experiences for our web app. So when you connect your app to Optimizely, your app actually shows up in the web browser. Right, so you can use our visual editor and you can move stuff around. You can change your welcome message to say, "Hey, Brin, what's up?" or "Hey, Brin, fuck off." You know, like <laughs> which <laughs> one converts better?
1: This, this, that's all I really want out of life.
3: Yeah. So, so your app. So once you connect your, I app. I just want our
1: app to say, "Hey, Brin, fuck off." <laughs> yeah. In our onboarding flow.
3: I'm sorry. Should I try that again? Um,
0: that will convert so highly. You have no idea. That would be such a great little maneuver. If, if if any developers out there are listening, just sneak in a little, if conditional, search for Bryn's email address and tell Bryn to fuck off in all of your apps. I will sign up for everything. Bryn logs into Twitter. Bryn is fuck not allowed here. <laughs> uh, um, okay, anyways. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it would be cool to hear how you both like you were telling us an interesting story about Etsy and um, Trevor. I, I didn't tell a story. literally don't know you what you did before Braintree.
2: So actually like I got in design kind of on accident. I was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I think
0: our, story, our stories are kind of similar you like his hype, in this man. way too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, We've yeah. talked about this before. Yeah. You'll it. get into it. Yeah, we will. Uh, I, I went to art school for photography in Chicago. Columbia College, Chicago. So design... And I have a funny relationship, Mm. and that we didn't have one
0: okay
1: for a while on again off again. Yeah, no, not even just love love, hate.
2: Not, and then yes.
1: Okay, not not and then. So I went went to school for
2: photography, Mm -hmm. Columbia College, and had the choice to take a three D design class or a web development class, and I opted for web development. Good call. Do you yeah. remember why? I think it was a good call. Uh,
0: bold,
1: bold move, Cotton. I was
2: like, this web thing is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to try it out. I'll try it out.
1: What about the web it was really cool?
2: I think I was on MySpace at the time.
1: Uh, Who are your top eight? <laughs> it's a hard question to answer.
2: Tom, duh. Yeah. And a loaded question. Uh, I i I don't can't remember up. don't say the wrong names i can't i'm not just not gonna name names i don't trust I, thought I was in your top eight uh, you I, I don't trust your
1: story but whatever all right
0: yeah. oh my so, god this, can we let the man?
2: Talk? i thought Fuck. this web thing was gonna be pretty cool mm-hmm. turns out it was pretty cool i started learning some css in that class okay uh I first learned about tables which was i didn't know at the time was like pretty much just what you don't do learn about tables and it's like really HTML great if you're
1: doing emails
2: it's really great if you're if you're doing things that require tabular data mm-hmm. tabular. and emails too Ta- tabular. tabular tab tabular? tabular 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 well it's like table tabular
0: tab. I'll, buy yeah. I'll buy it uh
2: and then it kind of like it turned into a minor and then i quit doing photography did in, you say in internet
1: as a minor web development tabular data as a minor (laughs) i I minored in uh, tables html tables
2: (laughs) Uh, it turned into a minor and then i ended up freelancing while i was in school and then started working as a front-end developer at a really small company in chicago and then transitioned from there into advertising which is kind of a bizarre twist of fate it's, and it's the midwest move i think it is it I, is everyone in the midwest works in advertising It's well, some not, yeah there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of product work out there uh i eventually realized that i can't work with clients or for clients and then Those are the worst they that's can the be the worst.
1: worst uh and then that's a very diplomatic statement <laughs>
0: <laughs> they are sometimes possibly <laughs> almost, <occasionally. laughs> almost surely occasionally the worst. The worst. Try not to offend you know <laughs>
2: Uh, And then... Very Midwest move. Very (laughs) nice.
1: Very polite of you.
2: (laughs) After I realized that client work wasn't for me, I decided to look for another job. Ended up working at a little startup called Picture Life. Uh, Worked there for a while and then
1: had some friends that worked at Braintree. What's that? What did you do at Picture Life?
2: I was a product... I was (laughs) lead designer in that I was the only designer.
1: What did Picture Life
2: do? They are were r. they are they they're kind of still are question uh, mark r? Question mark R. They got acquired, but they're still kind of around. Uh cloud f- backup for your photos. And a UI to like browse and it was really cool. Cool. Uh and then met some friends at Braintree and then ended up transitioning there.
0: So it's interesting that you started out learning CSS and HTML. Uh you ended up as an engineer of sorts but you self-identify as a product designer only in
2: tabular data <laughs> only, only html t- tables but
0: you self-identify as a product designer when yes. did that like switch flip for you to say like i'm not actually just coding i am designing products
2: probably after or during advertising so there was this really weird shift where i was basically just a front-end developer and then i was just like a designer at this advertising agency uh, and then realized that I still wanted to code but there wasn't any room to do that and wanted to do more of that and that and product working in product especially at a startup was kind of the right move for doing both of those things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like kind of where I figured out I identify more as that.
0: Do you find yourself straddling um, this sort of two lanes of of knowledge and like
1: the divide
0: the divide that's good one. in the sense that like there's so much happening right now especially in the the front end world but just engineering in general like codes changing really fast uh but same as design do you find it hard to keep up with both sides or how do you manage of course yeah
2: it's i mean thankfully i have a lot of really smart friends that i trust and so whenever i hear about something new Basically just ask them should I pay attention to this thing and they tell me yes or no or maybe
0: what are the latest things that you've been told to pay attention to
2: react Have as a seen,
0: technology are you using it yes
2: is it a framework yes and a philosophy
0: this is great I'd love to hear your <laughs> your explanation of the react philosophy because I think it's pretty impressive but I don't think I could articulate it <laughs> so the spot. I don't know if I step can up articulate to the plate it. buddy
2: <laughs> so there oh i'm gonna totally mess up the actual reference but the thing that really got me that really helped me understand how it was important or more important was this tutorial that i had read uh that pitted it against jquery and basically like had you build the twitter compose widget in jquery and then do it in react Mm -hmm. and sort of compare and contrast Mm -hmm. Uh, and that kind of like helped it make more sense to me uh, in that it is manipulating things in a less aggressive way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's dealing with state changes in a more like sophisticated way, I guess. Uh, and it's more, it's, it's like, it is about like the state change, not like manipulating DOM elements. And I, <laughs> it, you, it's hard, to, like you, I, I can't articulate it. You bring, you're bringing well.
0: data and state closer to the presentation.
2: Exactly, exactly and jQuery is very good about like
0: not doing that
2: basically and that's so that that helped flip the switch of like kind of understanding how this thing was important and i'm still learning it
0: okay are you building do you build anything on the side
2: uh kind of it's still like too early to talk about
0: not really you are working on side projects yes uh web apps
2: uh yeah uh it's kind of a web app it's kind of a tool as well
0: do you want to tease it at all
2: uh artificial intelligence ish solo are you no no one other person well mostly one other person
0: is there a timeline for when we could expect to see things
2: uh probably in a few months
0: cool
1: so late 2017 exactly (laughs) because that's how side project schedules work yes that's exactly it
0: awesome so how did you go from picture life uh and end up in chicago at braintree
2: So I had worked with uh, my buddy Lane at this advertising agency. He ended up leaving that. Ended up working at another advertising agency for a while. Uh, Had a friend that worked at Braintree. (laughs) (laughs) And then transitioned to Braintree. And then I kind of came in through that channel. But you kind of
0: glossed that over because Braintree feels like a huge change of mindset for working on a consumer-facing picture backup to... Developer tools for implementing payment solutions, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: So, like, the, the, my mindset back then was uh, working solo was pretty tough in some ways. I, I mean, working solo as a designer, I was working with a lot of really smart people, uh, but really was craving uh, more of a team, mm-hmm. a design team. And they were just starting to build that. Like, there were three designers at the time. I ended up being the fourth. And, and there are 14. And now there's 14, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, so there there were Sorry, I need to caveat this a little bit. There were three product designers and I joined as a product designer. We also like so we have product design and visual design. 11 of our designers are product designers, 3 are visual designers.
0: Can you explain the distinction? Yes, I can.
2: Our visual designers are they work mostly on uh marketing materials uh a lot of swag. We have a lot of like pretty cool swag t-shirts, sweatshirts, etc. Accurate. Et cetera. Accurate? I we
3: stole just saw some it coasters oh, today. Oh yeah. Yeah. I took four. Oh, nice.
0: Did you bring some
3: over? They're in my bag. So,
1: speaking of really crazy changes, you started in architecture, is that right?
3: Yes, but sort of. Yes, but sort of. So, um question mark, no. Sort of. I mean, I started at Michigan um I did always want to do architecture. Uh, but my dad was like, they don't make any money, so you shouldn't do that.
1: Uh, dads are the worst.
3: That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so I tried a couple other things. Uh so I started as like a econ thing, and then I was like, dad, architecture, (laughs) and he was like, nope. And I was like, all right, I'll try something else. Um, So then he was like, well, I'm an engineer, so all I can really help you in is engineering. So then I was like, all right, I'll transfer to the engineering school. This will be fun. And um, when you transfer to the school at Michigan, even with- Michigan State? No, at the University of Michigan. So how it usually works is you apply to the engineering school, when you're in high school and you get in and you get all these classes your freshman year about all the different kinds of engineering that you can do. But when you're applying to transfer from within the university, you have to choose the engineering that you want to go into. And um, I was like, aerospace engineering, that sounds cool. <laughs> so I actually... um Applied to Michigan for the second time to their engineering program and did that for about a semester, which was really cool, actually. Like aerospace engineering is really badass. The engineering program at Michigan is really badass, Um, but it just really wasn't creative enough for me. There's really only so many ways you can design a plane and it'll still fly, you know um for real it's like a tube you know like if you fuck it up this much a lot of people are gonna die (laughs) like whoa
2: we know this works yeah yeah
3: um but i'm very grateful that i for that experience because you have to take some basic coding classes so i had to take some c++ and matlab classes which really introduced me to the coding world which was really cool although i did not want to do Aerospace engineering. Um, I did really enjoy that coding part of my education. For me, architecture was this blend of art and math, which, like, I felt like I was very creative and I was also good at math. So it was this blend. And I finally convinced my dad that I could make it in the architecture world. And he was like, fine, just like graduate already. And when I graduated, I realized kind of what. Uh, Trevor realized with advertising is that it's a very beautiful art form but you are dealing with clients the entire time so when I graduated I was like all right I don't think this is for me and like my dad's right there's not a ton of money here and you have to work with the clients and it's difficult So I really, but I did love design. I love the design process. So I was like, all right, I don't want to do this. So my professors were all like, just go to New York. There's all of the types of design there. You'll figure out when you get there. So I just moved to New York. And while I was there, I simultaneously landed internships at the Guggenheim, which is a world-renowned art museum, working on their website, as well as, see working in their, like, marketing, graph design department. Yeah, I really got a taste for tech while I was there. I mean, I definitely, when I was at Michigan, was working on websites and shit, like, hacking my way into shit, which is how I got these internships, but... I would say that it was at Etsy that I really fell in love with tech. Because Guggenheim was cool, but it's it's it was very much like a dinosaur, right? Like it's government owned, like to do anything, took a lot of time. But Etsy was like this new startup that was like smart and fast. I had never heard, I had never even heard of Etsy when I was there. So um, it was super cool. I fell in love with the process of creating like a SaaS technology company right like everything's fast you're doing shit here you're doing shit there and people are like really smart and quick-witted and you iterate right um so I would put a lot of things to Etsy as to like where I am today um and I just basically pestered product designers um I was like oh my god like how did you learn this how do you learn this how do you learn to code and they'd be like oh read this book read that book read this book and finally they were like do you just want to product design internship and I was like fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like fuck yeah I do and then that's how I met Cap and and uh, and uh, eventually I was like I kind of moved to San Francisco and be like in the heart of it you guys and Cap was like yeah I was like yeah and then uh, Cap reached out to a few, few people and two weeks later I had a job and was moving to San Francisco as a product designer at Optimizely.
2: It all happened so fast yeah it
3: happened very fast And I would actually say that um, architecture, the process and design thinking behind architecture is very, very similar to product design. Less similar to graphic and marketing design, but very similar to product design. How so? I would say that marketing, you have a very specific message that you're trying to get out. Whereas with product design you have a very specific use case. So this thing, not, I'm going to say this poorly, probably, but for our marketing design team, I think it's much harder, to be honest. Like they have to create this beautiful thing that explains this message in a very succinct way. Whereas product design is more about, at least in my encounters, is it's about form and function, right? Like, it you want it to be beautiful, but it also needs to be useful and functional. It has to work, right? Because it could be beautiful as fuck, but if it doesn't work, it's not worth shit, right? And if it just works, it's not fun, right? You, it's. I think that's a really difficult thing about working for a B2B company and working for developers is like a lot of people are willing to give up Uh, beauty for functionality whereas like there's just this sweet spot where like if functionality meets beauty oh that's just it you Mm know so architecture is very similar to product design as there are a lot of different use cases and there are a lot of different entrances and depending on which entrance you come into you can have a different experience or the same experience right like a developer might have a different a much different experience in Optimizely than a marketer does. Mm -hmm. And they might use, you know, the elevator or the stairs. Um, But you also want it to be enjoyable, right? And it also needs to be functional, right? When you walk into a building, you pretty much expect it's not going to collapse, right? The same should be for a product. When you, you know, connect your app to a product that could potentially fuck your app up, you expect that shit not to fuck up. Mm-hmm. so Generally there's a lot speaking. of different systems working at the same time which is like there's this beauty and complexity if you will
0: is, it, is there any mantras you learned from cap watkins while he mentored you
3: i think in my case since i fell into product design i was very nervous going into my interviews and don't uh, we all
1: kind of fall into product design did anyone like try to do product try. design i i didn't me either
0: but I feel like you could say the same of any profession. It's like. How do you figure? Once I started product designing, I knew that's what I wanted to do.
2: I mean, I wouldn't say that faking it is part of it, but I think being willing to learn and being willing to be wrong is faking it in a way,
1: right?
3: Oh, like, yeah. Well, th- I think that's the, actually a of whole part of the process. Different well, story. Go-
1: going hard while you know you not, might not be right, that's faking it.
3: So I think that's actually a different story about being vulnerable because as I started, like, the mobile team i have to be very comfortable with not knowing what people are talking about and saying i don't know right like admitting that you don't know what someone is talking about is really valuable
2: actually totally yeah wouldn't faking it be like i know even though i don't know
3: I think in my case, um, since I came from architecture and I was new to product design, I didn't feel like a product designer per se. And I think that, uh, I think Cap saw the product designer in me and I was like, I don't think like I can do this, you know? And he was like, if you don't feel like it, just fake it and then you'll be it, you know? Where he was like trying to install like some sort of uh, like making me feel like I could do it you know what i mean
2: was he the one that said fake it till you become it because i remember that thing i can buy into that fake it till you get there he was
3: really i don't know (laughs) i I don't know whatever he said to me it gave me a lot of confidence and i think he saw something in me that i didn't see you know what i mean yeah being vulnerable is a whole nother story so like now that i'm here i made it yeah i'm a product designer (laughs) um
1: your OG <laughs> and optimized.
3: OG at yeah. Um I do think there is a lot to say about being vulnerable. Not faking it, right? Cuz if you fake it, you are fuck shit up. Yeah. You could. Especially in yeah. the, like our realm. Like I need to say like I feel like often I have to ask people to repeat themselves. And like my engineers are pretty fucking awesome. I'm like, I'm sorry. I need you to say that one more time. And they're like, it's okay. It (laughs) took me four. (laughs) I said thirty times a day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. right. Like,
1: wait, wait, wait. One more time I wasn't listening. I
2: think we're talking about something
1: a little different.
3: <laughs> I'm like, I was listening, but you need to say it again. Yeah. But honestly, I work with really awesome engineers and I'll be like, I'm really sorry. I need you to say that like two more times. And they'll be like, don't worry about it. Like Tony had to explain it to me four times for me to get it too. Like this is it. Because it's just like totally. very complicated. I think um, there, it actually does
2: take a lot to be able to ask that you. Yeah. Like I think some people are afraid to ask. Humility. I think that's yeah. that's hard.
3: Yeah, it is. I think that's why I have a good relationship with my engineers is because I can say, you know, can you explain that again? And so when I do finally get it and I do design something based on, like, whatever they told me, they have confidence that I designed it in a well-thought-out manner.
2: Totally. But it, it, I think that an interesting addition to that is being in a place where that's okay yeah i fuck up all the time <laughs>
3: <Is that laughs> but I'm,
2: I'm but it's like
3: it's part of being a designer totally totally
2: right? and it's like i'm not punished for it because i haven't bankrupted the company yet
3: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> people but, seem to think that mistakes are costly yeah. And in many cases, I think that's they are that's kind of toxic. Mistakes
3: too. are necessary. Almost. I mean, like mistakes are early. vaguely profitable. Well, it's all about like finding failure fast. You know that whole thing, right? So. And being
1: able to admit that you fucked up too.
2: Yeah, if
3: you did. Yeah, totally. Well, are saying,
1: hey, this fuck up was actually valuable in this way. Yeah, and having me yeah. right instead of just making up excuses. Totally, well, <laughs> it's
3: about. Optimizing failure at the beginning Op- of the process. Optimizing <laughs> <leading>. <laughs>
0: A-B testing failure.
3: Sorry, it's just like a part of my vocabulary. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but it's about finding the big failures in the beginning of the process, right? Before Not wasting time on them. Exactly, exactly. W-
1: wasting, or, sorry, wasting as little time as possible on exactly. them. Exactly. Because so, you have to spend time on them. But if you can use very little time and then exactly. have people point it out to you and then keep moving yeah what do you do when someone doesn't point that out fire them
2: <laughs> what if you're that person that doesn't find that out I'll fire you <laughs> Fire myself. <laughs> no but how do you learn that
3: how do you learn what
2: how do you learn when you're fucking up and when you're wasting time fucking up
3: i think the key is is showing your designs to as many people as possible as soon yeah as possible. there's
0: strategies to that right it's like showing your work early getting input from smarter people um, backing yourself up with data. so like yeah. having some objectivity to know whether you're fucking up, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. But how do you teach that?
3: How do you teach that?
0: I, I think it's... So there's,
1: there's like a more from the channel on Slack team called Inspect and that's where people go and they learn good critiquing skills and they share with them a team. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pro great. That's good.
3: You have to get really comfortable with being wrong.
1: It's a good place to start. Start
2: wrong, get right. And then Optimizely helps you figure out if you're wrong or not.
3: That's true. Because A With or B data.
1: is A wrong or B wrong?
3: Depends on the test. I've been writing a blog about concept cars.
1: What about
2: concept cars? Do you guys cars? ever use concept, concept cars? cars? I've
1: never written Wait, a blog. Post. Do you use is concept cars? One? That's not how concept cars work. You don't use concept cars.
3: You use them for certain things.
1: I mean car companies do.
3: Car companies do. Talk to me, Detroit. I'm writing it for Optimizely, which is even scarier. No, I'm writing a blog post for Optimizely Uh. about concept cars. Do you guys use concept cars at Braintree? Are you familiar with the term concept car? No. Ooh,
1: how fun. It's a a car that isn't ready for the market.
3: Sort of. So the term (laughs) concept car derived from the auto industry. I'm familiar with that part. Okay,
0: done. Car, hence the car. We've
3: kind of adopted that (laughs) term. And we use it to kind of think about what's next. Are you ever faced with the question that you're like, "All right, we like did all this shit. Like, what's the next big thing?" Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> so uh, we've been using this thing that we call concept car, and basically, it's a wildly futuristic idea of what Optimizely could look like in like five to ten years. It's not production ready, and it has um, an idea of designs and technology which you theoretically could build, and they build them in a way that's kind of smoke and mirrors to gauge customer interest.
2: Because it's something that, that someone wants a poster of.
3: It's a way to gauge customer interest. So before pouring design and engineering resources into actually Producing this car, they create one out of smoke and mirrors to make customers think it's real, sort of. And then, based on their reaction, they decide whether to tweak it, or actually build it, or scrap it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of adopted this concept at Optimizely.
0: Do you find that that's helpful?
3: It is actually really helpful. And um, I thought of this because we were talking about feeling fast, right? So I've worked on two or three concept cars, the first of which was for personalization, which is uh, a product we're about to release in two weeks. So it's really good for three things, right? It's really good for getting conversations started about the future. It's really good at um, finding flaws, right? You. And it's really good at uh, getting the company excited about what's in the future. So the first thing you do is like do a bunch of research, right? Gather a lot of data, form a hypothesis, and then you go ahead and build wireframes for what this thing could potentially look like in five to ten years, right? So it's like a far off, like space world, fun thing. Once you have that, you're like, I got this. Good fucking idea. This is what it's gonna look like. This is some time present, warping shit, right?
1: That, that's how I present all my
0: ideas. <laughs>
3: yeah. Stand Yo, in front of your
1: boss. Um, yeah, right? Say that. There's some
3: dope ass time warping shit. <laughs> I got time travel for you guys, um and then you uh, show it to your target customers, right? And they're like, dude. This is fucking some shit. You have what are you no doing? idea. <laughs> yeah, this is doing? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah, do you not think yeah, that's Bruce a little Willis dangerous. Mass. No, I don't think it's dangerous.
0: Essentially, you're coming up with an idea and a vision and showing that to customers who probably don't understand the full context behind the decisions of that idea. Well, right? the
3: point. I think that's a good point, which is why the research and digging for data is very important. Mm-hmm. So, what you build this off of should be from data. So your main hypothesis should be formed based of data that you get from real customers.
2: It sounds like you're building Optimizely with Optimizely. She's optimizing it.
0: At a high level, I understand what you're trying to accomplish right? with this concept car, Like having, having a, a vision for where you want to go as a, as a design org makes a lot of sense. The question I have is uh, in having that be informed by existing data doesn't that seem right. like a little precarious of a position to put yourself in where existing data like isn't a leading indicator of what the well, future should be?
3: I think that market research mm-hmm. is also a large part of this. Sure. You yeah. should definitely, definitely, definitely do market research. And I think we did a lot of those things. And what we found was that there are customers that are actually using our platform for things that we weren't intended. So our hypothesis was, what if we built this platform that was allowing to do things that people are trying to do, plus all of these Mm -hmm. other things, right? And that's where this is why the concept car is a good thing.
0: I don't know that I necessarily disagree with it because I think it's important for designers to have a little bit of a future looking vision of of what things would be in a perfect world. But my concern was how you get to that vision if you're basing it off existing data and existing user research. Like, is yeah. that is that an accurate no, indicator? Yeah. So that's,
3: so that's where you, you what you base your hypothesis off of. Um, so you form a hypothesis based on existing data and talking to your existing customers. And you take that hypothesis and you create where your frames, you create something that you can point at that your customers can point at, that your potential customers can point at, and be like, "Is this good or is this bad? Would you use this? Would you not use this? What would you use it for, etc." And then you take that information and you iterate, and then you decide if this thing is marketable enough to actually put time and resources into building.
0: Have you found that your customers understand those when you show them to them, like a five-year plan? Yeah, leaves out maybe a lot of understanding on the customer's point of view why you made certain decisions. Yeah, they don't know about holograms. I think conceptually I, I can buy into it. I just am curious how it like works out in practice.
3: Yeah, So, um, so our whole premise is allowing the world to turn data into action. And our first iterations were all about the action segment And uh, the users we were talking to who are very savvy, right? We're talking about how we are designing for developers, designing for enterprises who have these huge companies and are very, very technology savvy. They're like, we get it. We love it. But there's this piece missing of how do I know what to do with it, right? And then uh, from there, we kind of decided to add more of a data piece to it. So you can explore your users a little bit. We like call it the audience explorer. So we are actually going to start collecting more data and allow you to explore that data, point out interesting audiences. So you're like running this campaign and there's this other like set of users that aren't doing as well. What do they have in common? Oh, they all like cats. You don't have any cat pictures. Always the cat example. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) What's on your mind? Should, yeah. should, should, designers <laughs> should designers cat? Should
3: designers cat? Yes. Always, yes. Um, so there's definitely an iteration piece and I would say that it, it, it definitely varies based on the project, right? Like you can collect a ton of data and form a hypothesis and, and just like an optimized A/B test. You can form a hypothesis and you can be wrong, right? Um, but it's still a learning, right? And you can pivot. And doing that earlier in the process, before like we got engineering resources, before we got all these teams on board, I think that was really valuable to learn all these lessons about what are, because you- that's the main point, right? The main point is, are our users gonna understand what we want them to do here, what we're allowing them to do, and will they want it? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the whole premise, right? is yeah are I, users gonna understand this do they want it before you actually pour resources into it
2: so i'm, I'm a little curious about uh, like kind of how you start something like this like this is this is basically taking like design time like yeah. people people time in a company that needs to make money to yeah. do not just only that play, i mean a lot basically.
3: of times i'm working really closely with uh pms and sometimes they're i'm gonna
2: i'm gonna put my businessman hat on my entrepreneur hat maybe uh and so how do you so how do you how would you as as someone who has started this like how do you how did you take it from like i'm gonna play for a little while and make some good ideas happen how do you take it from that to like actually
0: shipping product i have a possible answer there yeah, go for it. I wasn't asking. Not you. at Optimizely, but like in general, it's, it seems like a company culture thing, right? Yeah. Totally. And the no, example that's, that's... that comes to mind is Google's 20%, which I don't know if that still exists, mm-hmm. but that's what yeah. bred all basically, what Gmail yep. was a 20% yeah. project. Right?
3: We have Hack Week. Yep. It's similar. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Yeah, bad, we have... Like, yeah.
0: Has open has Basically, you consider it like R&D expense yep. on the business side, right? Is that how it's treated at
3: uh, Optimizely? No, actually we don't have the 8020 rule however our our founders and our staff put a lot of as far as i feel uh put a lot of importance into these concept cars and um it's it's really a way of testing the grounds it's like you guys are like oh it's like you're wasting most of the time it's me a few other designers some pms maybe or usually um and maybe everyone so i will pull in some engineers to get like consultants Mm -hmm. but compared to actually trying to build it and sell it it's nothing right you're like proving it before you build it
2: yeah i can buy into that it's like yeah it's like prototyping to the next level
3: yeah
0: do you guys do anything like that at braintree think about where you want to be as a design org in the next year two years or are you guys much more like uh set of tasks to accomplish now and just learn along the way
2: uh it's probably more in between the two i've been doing a little bit more uh like planning and roadmapping stuff which kind of speaks to the, like the future of things uh but we also are very like let's get this thing Let's get this thing done. Right. There's day to day. Right. How do you decide
3: what to build in the future?
2: Uh, so uh, we're actually figuring that part out too. A lot of like this, so this like team that I am working on now is a lot of it is figuring out what we're doing, which is kind of an interesting thing. Concept um, card. Uh. It's like concept carding, but on like like an organizational level. But without a cars. What does that mean? Like this team is kind of a concept or it was a concept. It was bred out of a team that was kind of building like the developer products, but very specifically focused on just like the executional side. Like this is our SDK. This is what our SDK looks like. This is how you can access it. But it wasn't thinking about anything uh, around that and like how to get to that thing. Uh, So this team is very much, or I mean, I think it's been proven out now, but it was very much like a concept car. I just answered my own question, kind of. (laughs) I just hadn't thought (laughs) of it like that. Was it a concept car, though? Uh, it was concept bus. Whoa.
3: Yeah, it was heavier. So (laughs) it was like a, it was not a
2: concept car. No. Well, I mean,
3: you
2: guys just went for it. We kind of just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. We had like basic buy-in. It wasn't, and it wasn't like a design decision either. It was more of like a collaborative decision uh, so it doesn't really speak much to like the design specific pieces of it but it's obviously like or maybe not obviously but it is involved
1: alright so yeah,
2: we've- we're out of time
1: anything you folks want to plug before we go uh, you hiring any events coming up we're, oh, we're probably hiring
2: at least one more product designer in San Francisco
1: are you designing concept cars
2: Uh, We're designing the concept for concept cars.
3: He liked my idea. Our idea. It was good. How about you? It's good. I'll talk about it all day.
1: Anything you'd like to plug?
3: Um, we're starting a charity event. Uh, It's for kids afflicted with cancer and their friends to build and launch rockets for the day. It's called You Are Super Duper. Youaresuperduper.org. Uh, If you want to help out, volunteer, donate, go to ursuperduper.org and let me know.
0: Cool.
1: And awesome. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cool, guys.
0: (laughs) And we applaud ourselves.
1: (laughs) That was episode 68.
0: We hope you made it through. If you did, hit us up on our Slack team. There's over 1,300 designers and developers in there chatting about the latest episodes, like this one, just talking about what's going on in the design and development worlds. And every Friday, we host an open critique where you can upload your work and have it critiqued and commented on by the community and by some of our favorite designers. We've had Dan Petty, we've had Linda Eliason,
1: we've had Christy Tillman, we've had Mark Hemian, we've had John Lax, we've had some amazing, amazing designers in there critiquing your work. You can put it in front of some of your favorite designers and get their honest feedback
0: On how to make it better. To do that, go to spec.fm slash slack, enter your email address, and we'll send you an invite right away. Otherwise, just hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. We'll keep you up to date on everything going on with spec, all of our new shows that we're working on, like Does Not Compute and Vicarious, coming out soon. And of course, before we go, huge thank you once again to our sponsors that made this episode possible. First up Dropbox. Dropbox is
1: the best way to stay in sync, it keeps whole teams collaborating simply and easily and all you have to do is set it up one time, good to go. It runs in your file system in the background, it's the best example of design being invisible and it just handles things for you. It's only visible when you want it to be visible, when you're checking syncing statuses, when you're looking for previous versions, when you're doing sharing. It keeps everything else as clean and simple and invisible as possible. They have some of the best designers in the industry working there and because of that they're super supportive of the design industry as a whole of making designers better people of helping them get better resources so they sponsor shows like this we can't thank them enough go check them out at dropbox.com thank you once again to dropbox
0: and our second sponsor is icon finder if you are working on any kind of design that needs icons just go to iconfinder.com there's over six hundred thirty thousand icons in their library it's going to work in any software application you're using with that sketch photoshop illustrator these icons come in all different sizes styles colors shapes whatever you need go to iconfinder.com sign up for iconfinder pro and use the promo code design details that'll tell them that we sent you and get you 50 percent off your first month of iconfinder pro thank you once again to iconfinder for making this episode possible we'll see you on wednesday